0: Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are going to be previewing the Waste Management Phoenix Open. It is Super Bowl week this week, which means that it is time for the PGA Tour to head on over to Phoenix and TPC Scottsdale for one of the most unique and fun-to-watch events on the PGA Tour. 18 of the top 20 golfers in the official World Golf Ranking are here for this tournament, so it is an absolutely loaded field, and if you want to hear a breakdown for betting, DFS and one and done purposes, you are in the right spot. We're gonna preview the course, talk about the type of golfers we wanna target this week before looking at some individual golfer profiles and then picking our one and done picks for the week. So. That is what we got here on the podcast. I will be back covering college basketball tomorrow, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed and stay tuned for that. And then I will have a showdown preview for the Super Bowl um, before the week is over. I don't know which day I'm going to do that just yet. It's probably going to be the day that has the crappiest college basketball slate, but I will have a showdown slate preview for DFS for the Super Bowl before the week is over. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to the podcast. Please rate and review if you like what you're hearing as well. It really helps me out a lot. So without further ado, let's go ahead and start breaking down the golf course this week. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So the 2023 Waste Management Phoenix Open actually represents kind of a new milestone for PGA Tour golf. It is the first of the PGA Tour's quote-unquote elevated events for the 2023 season. One countermeasure that the PGA Tour decided to put into kind of, um, let me think the right way to say this, to kind of uh, make the Live Tour a little less attractive Um, they introduced elevated events that are going to feature much more cash prizes for the golfers who win and have good finishes. Um, so that way, you know, the financial lure of live is a little bit, you know, less attractive because you're going to be making more money here on the PGA tour. So what that does for us this week is it creates like a major esque field. Like I said earlier, 18 of the top 20 in the official world golf rankings are playing. This is also a super unique environment, um, It is almost encouraged to be rowdy and to be raucous here at TPC Scottsdale. Uh, The 16th hole is a par three that is literally encapsulated in a stadium. Um, It almost looks like like a Division II football stadium, if I'm being honest, in terms of size. And, you know, it's where they're very respectful during the shot, but they're going to go crazy after the shot, whether it's good or bad. And so this is a super unique environment for the PGA Tour. Now, here's how that will help us in terms of golfers we can target this week in any format. This course, TPC Scottsdale, is the third most predictive course in terms of course history behind Augusta and YLI on the PGA tour. What that means is, aside from Augusta and YLI, you can predict how golfers are going to perform here at TPC Scottsdale more effectively than any other course based off of how they have performed in the past. Now, let's talk about the breakdown of the course itself. It is A little over 7,200 yards. It is a par 71. This is not a super long golf course. You do not have to be a bomber off the tee to win here. There are only three par fives, and all three of them are going to be reachable for most, if not all, of the field this week. And the greens are kind of a Bermuda primary, but they're definitely a mix. Um, This is desert golf this week here at TPC Scottsdale. If you know anything about the geography of the United States, that should not shock you at all. And so the fairways are kind of below average to average width. But it's not very penal to miss the fairways. The rough is not very thick. And then if you miss really wide, you're looking at, you know, kind of a deserty area. You're not going to be missing into water hazards. You're not going to be missing into trees. Uh, and so you're not looking at penalty strokes if you miss the fairway. You're just looking at hitting out of you know, a a little bit of sand, maybe a cactus. Um, But, you know, you're not looking at penalty strokes if you miss the fairway. This also is a course where a lot of the poor par fours are kind of cookie cutter. There's 10 par fours between 400 and 500 yards. Now, when you start watching this on television, the last four holes make for an absolutely great stretch of golf And on Sunday, you know, as kind of a prelude into the Super Bowl, as the leaders get to these four holes, it makes for great television viewing to watch this golf tournament and just have it lead right into the pregame and the kickoff for the Super Bowl. I really like the last four hole stretch of this golf course. The 15th is a par five that has an approach over water where you will see most golfers still try to hit that approach onto the green in two shots because even if you hit it into the water, they have faith that they're going to get up and down for par. The 16th is the stadium par three that I just talked about. Um, The 17th hole is a drivable par four where again everybody is probably going to go for the green because there's very minimal risk in you know missing they think they can still get up and down for par and then the 18th is a tough uphill par four with a tee shot over water absolutely great stretch of golf the tournament is usually won or lost on these four holes now you know the tournament as a whole this course as a whole aside from those four holes they're not very difficult greens This course has a very above average made putt percentage from under 20 feet, meaning that, you know, they don't have a whole lot of break. They generally roll pretty true and guys are able to just kind of dial in and make more putts here than, you know, at a lot of other courses. Now, what that does is that opens the door for guys who are traditionally weaker putters to have success here or maybe not weaker putters but guys who have the capability to get hot with the putter. So the guys that have won here, winners like Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland, Hideki Matsuyama, Scotty Scheffler, they're not what I would call a great group of putters, but they're guys who all have the capability to get hot with the putter. And when they do, that's when they win golf tournaments. All those guys are great to green players. And when their putter cooperates, that's when they win. Think of Brooks at the majors. Think of Hideki and his wins. Think of Scotty Scheffler and his wins. The only thing that's separating Scotty for more wins is that putter. So, So in terms of a type of golfer that we want to target this week, we want to target strong tee to green golfers. There's not really one aspect of your game that really makes it so that way you have one distinct advantage over the other. Like obviously, distance always helps, accuracy always helps, scrambling always helps. But generally speaking, more rounded games have done well here. And this is going to be a really tough field. So being able to have success in tough field events and at major championships I would value also, and I would also value guys that have had success in other intense, raucous environments, such as President's Cups and Ryder Cups, because this tournament with the crowds, it is much different than any other normal PGA Tour stop. So what you have to do this week is you have to be an elite TD Green player. You have to be able to be calm under pressure in an intense environment. And there's going to be a lot of opportunities where guys have to get up and down as well. So can you get up and down to save par on easy greens? Can you Give yourself a good tee shot and a good approach shot to capitalize on birdie holes. That's going to be the story this week. Birdies and pars. You want to be able to make birdies when you can and avoid bogeys when you can. So. In terms of comp courses, I really think that this course shapes up like a lot of other TPC courses. Now, this isn't to say that like all TPC courses are built the same, but I just think that in terms of the features and the characteristics, a lot of the TPC courses very much align to this one. Um, TPC Summerlin, which is also a desert golf course, which is home of the Shriners Open. TPC Sawgrass, which is home of the players. A lot of crossover winners here with at TPC Scottsdale and TPC Sawgrass, and then also TPC Twin Cities, which... Is the home of the 3M Open, I think, is a decent comp as well. So, if you're looking to compare courses and results of those courses, those are the four that I would look at first. All right, so like I said, lots of great golfers in the field this week. So, let's go ahead and let's take a quick breather and start breaking down the individual golfer profiles. No matter what you are interested in for the Waste Management Phoenix Open, whether it is outright betting, prop bets, or DFS, the top of the board is going to be John Rom and Rory McIlroy, and that should come as no surprise. They are the two best golfers in the world right now. Both have won two of their last five worldwide starts, which is just kind of insane to think about. Note that that doesn't just include the PGA Tour. It also includes some of McIlroy's wins worldwide. Now, in terms of course history, Rahm has a little better history here than Rory. Rom has seven top 16 finishes. However, he has never finished better than fifth place. Rory only has one 13th place finish here, in his only start here. However, I think... I think Rory actually feels like the better course fit to me. So in terms of DFS purposes, I think that both of these guys are going to be highly owned. And like I said, for good reason, they're the two best golfers in the world. I think that Rory is a little bit of a better course fit, but Rom does have the better history. So... I don't know. I kind of see the argument for playing either of these guys and really just take your pick. Like, they're both great. They're both outstanding. They both won majors. Like, they all check all the boxes, if I'm being honest. So, if you want to go with one or, you know, either one of them, I'm okay with, if I'm being honest. Now, the next three guys are going to be the kind of forgotten guys this week because I think a lot of people will be on Rom and Rory. And so, the next group of three starts with Scotty Scheffler, who is the defending champ here at this course. And the only thing preventing him from winning more events is a cold putter. If you look at his strokes gain and profile, pretty much not a whole lot separates Scotty Scheffler from what he did over that two month span in 2022, when he won four golf tournaments and what he's doing right now, except for the putter. And so, you know, we're just kind of waking for the putter or waiting for the putter to wake up for Scotty Scheffler. And I think it absolutely could here in an event that he's comfortable at. He won last year. I have no idea deploying Scotty Scheffler in any format this week. Now, Tony Finau is another interesting case because he hasn't finished worse than 16th in any golf tournament since the first week of November. He also has a win at one of my comp courses, TPC Twin Cities. He also plays well in major settings, even though he hasn't won one. But his course history here is a bit of hit or miss. He has a runner-up finish he lost in a playoff to Webb Simpson, but he also has three missed cuts. So... I also think that Tony Finau, quite frankly, is a better golfer right now than he was at any other time in his career when he played this course. He is becoming an expert at scrambling and getting up and down. Um, nothing seems to phase him anymore. I just think this is a really good spot for Tony Finau. I also think it's a good spot for Xander Shoffley, who fits the bill of a strong tee to green golfer. He's just balanced in all aspects of his game, and he has a great course history here. He's had five trips here from oldest to most recent. He's finished 17th, 10th, 16th, 2nd, and 3rd. That is an incredible run of five trips to one tournament, and I have no problem going to Xander Shoffley this week because of that. Now, the 9K range on DraftKings this week, and really kind of this next little tier um, in the betting market, Has some guys that, like, really, I'm either high on, low on, or indifferent on. There's no real in between, if I'm being honest. I am low on both Max Homa and Justin Thomas. So, Max Homa, yes, he has the win at Torrey in his last start, but he used a really hot putter to do that. And he's also a California guy. Like, he has six of his eight career wins in the state of California. The other two were both at the Wells Fargo Championship, one of which was in North Carolina, one of which was in Maryland. So, he doesn't really have a whole lot of success in, you know, kind of this like desert golf environment hasn't had a whole lot of success in majors, hasn't had a whole lot of success at TPC courses. So Homa, great recent form, happy for the guy, but not this week. Justin Thomas, I also am concerned about because I don't think we are seeing prime Justin Thomas. Prime Justin Thomas would fit the bill perfectly as a great to Green player who can get hot with the putter. But he hasn't done anything in the last six months to make me think that he is still that great to Green player that we grow to know him as. However, the one thing he does have going for him, and this might wake him up... His course history here is absolutely elite. He has a 17th, a third, a third, a 13th, and an eighth in his last five trips. That's no finishes worse than 17th and two top three finishes. That is absolute elite level course history. But like I said, I just don't think we're seeing prime Justin Thomas right now. So I'm probably going to stay away. However, if you think about DFS, a lot of people are going to be super locked in at the top to one of those top five guys. And so you might catch Justin Thomas a little bit under owned and I'm not going to lie, e- even though the profile doesn't really sound that good right now, I, w- I would kind of rather be early on Justin Thomas than late on Justin Thomas and play him at this low price before he starts winning events and hitting it big. Um, and if he does turn it around, it would probably be at a course like this that he had a lot of success at. So while the profile doesn't shape up to be pretty good, I can understand deploying him in DFS. Now, a guy that I'm high on in this range is Colin Morikawa who fits the bill perfectly as a great TD Green player, is great in majors, was great in the President's Cup, and his recent form is really good. He has three straight top six finishes, and if his putter wasn't ice cold, he would have won the Century Tournament of Champions. I just think that this is an absolute great spot for Colin Morikawa. His TD Green game is elite. If he just doesn't bleed strokes with the putter, it's going to be a great week for Colin Morikawa. Patrick Cantlay, I am absolutely indifferent towards. I could make an argument either way. His recent finishes are just okay. He was runner-up here last year. He was runner-up at TPC Summerlin, so he has that going for him. But he hasn't been great in majors. He hasn't really been all that great in strong fields in his career with the exception of the two BMW championships that he's won. So I don't know. I'm just i totally indifferent towards Can'tley. I probably won't be playing him this week, but I understand if you want to. I'm also low on Hideki. Now, hear me out because this is going to sound crazy. Uh, Hideki has won here twice. But that's about all that I see that's going for him. His recent form hasn't been great, and I just think he's a little bit overpriced. Like, I would rather play a lot of these other guys in the 9K range than Hideki. And I think that the only thing he's being priced up for is the fact that he's won this event twice, which, you know, obviously I could end up sounding stupid saying that on Sunday when he wins the whole thing, but I just, I don't know. I I just don't see anything other than the wins here that would make me want to play Hideki. I'm also indifferent towards Victor Hovland. Um, Recent form, okay. You know, skill level, like he's obviously great, but he's got two missed cuts here. Um, I'm just totally okay passing on Victor Hovland this week. I'm also indifferent towards Sung J.M. If you want a guy who's probably going to come in T12, then Sung J.M. is your guy. I just don't think that he has a whole lot of upside to winning golf tournaments. And uh, when you're playing somebody, at you know, the 9K range on DraftKings, or if you're betting somebody to win the golf tournament, you want them to have the upside to win the golf tournament. And I just don't see that out of Sung jay So um, if you want to be super conservative and play a guy who's going to come in T12, then go for it with Sung jay but I'm fine with just passing on him altogether. Now I am high on Tom Kim this week. He won at one of my comp courses, TPC Summerlin, with the last uh, Shriners Open. He also has the capability of getting scorching hot with the putter, which we saw when he won at the Wyndham Championship. Like, I don't think that I can understate that enough. When he got scorching hot with his putter, he won the golf tournament. So um, I just think that's a really good sign for him. He also was absolutely unfazed by a crowd at the President's Cup. Yes, the international team got mollywopped, but it wasn't because of Tom Kim. He was playing some great golf. He was having fun with the crowd. And this young guy, like I just think he's got a whole lot of poise. I think he's got a whole lot of upside. And I'm fine with Tom Kim in any format this week, whether it's betting him outright, DFS, one and done. uh, Just really high on Tom Kim. Now, a guy that I am low on, and he is the tail end of the 9K range on DraftKings, is Matt Fitzpatrick. So he had a missed cut at Pebble Beach, which was a really weak field. Really weird event how that turned out with the Monday finish, but just a really weak field and a missed cut. And he openly admitted before that that he's dealing with a back injury and that Pebble was kind of a warm up round. And I don't know. I just think it's kind of hard to get behind him, you know, when he's coming off of that back injury and that missed cut. Like his ability is obviously there he's still a great TD green player but the back injury really concerns me and I will probably be passing on Matt Fitzpatrick this week all right so that does it for the top of the board Uh, let's take a quick breather and then let's talk about some values which I will say in this field the values are some really elite level golfers not like most events so quick breather then on to the values (laughs) So with the value plays, and this has gotta be the first time this guy has ever shown up on the value plays section of one of my podcasts, is Cameron Young. I think he fits the profile for this event perfectly. Yes, he is really long off the tee, and that is his advantage, but it's kind of lost that because he's long off the tee, that makes him a great TD Green player. He's having shorter approaches than everybody else, and he's pretty doggone good at him as well. I think that the profile of a great TD Green player that can get hot with the putter fits him very well. He's also coming off of a runner-up finish at the Saudi International overseas last week, and last week, or I'm sorry, not last week, last year, he played this event and came in 26. So I think Cam Young, everything going for him. And I think he's a really good play this week. Sam Burns is a guy who I feel like should be a good fit for this week. You know, Bermuda Burns and it's, you know, Bermuda mixed grass greens. And he's again, a good tee to green player. Like there's no one real weak aspect of his game, but his course history here leaves a lot to be desired. He has one 22nd place finish and three missed cuts. So I just don't know if I'm going to get there on Burns. Like Like I said, his profile fits the place very well. Like, it really does. But the three missed cuts really concern me. So, um, I don't know. I can see myself going either way, and I can see, you know, all of you guys going either way on Sam Burns. But I think there's pros and there's cons. Now, Sai Hithagawa had a really good debutante showing here last year. He came in third. And when you look at his kind of his – not necessarily his game log, but his track record, his performances, he seems to perform well at all TPC courses. He had a runner-up at the TPC River Highlands at the Travelers Championship. And I just think that TPC courses are kind of his thing, I guess. He's also coming off of a fourth-place finish at the Farmers Insurance Open. However, with Sahith, we've seen this in his young career so far. He is high risk, high reward. He is a guy that um, is either going to come in top 10 or is going to miss the cut. Like, there's not really much in between. So I would personally rather play him in, like, GFS formats or bet him to win the tournament as opposed to making like, I don't know, like a top 20 bet or a made cut bet or something of that nature. Taylor Montgomery is a guy that I am avoiding this week. He is one of my top fades for this week. Um, He's been great. Like, don't get me wrong. He's been one of the better, you know, promotions from the Corn Ferry Tour to the PGA Tour in the past year. He's been great. Like, his his finishes, really, they've been great. This is not me saying anything against him, his skill level, or anything like that. But he's not used to this type of field. He's not used to this type of event. And he's fairly reliant on his putter doing well to perform well in events. And that kind of worries me this week because in a course like this where the greens are kind of easy, where it allows bad putters to be putting up to the same quality that he is at, that he loses his advantage. And so I think this is a week where I am fading Taylor Montgomery. Um, If you think that this is the week where you know maybe he does get super hot with the putter and he puts it all together, go for it. But he's just not for me this week. Now on DraftKings, the 7K range is kind of – a little spot that I like this week. There's some guys in here that are really good ball strikers and inconsistent putters, which is kind of, you know, going to give you some upside of guys that can win this golf tournament. They're Keegan Bradley, Corey Connors, Alex Noren, and Aaron Wise. Keegan probably has the most upside of this group. He has a win and a runner up in his last five starts. When the putter runs good for Keegan, he has really good finishes. Corey Connors is second in this group, in my opinion. He has great recent form and he hasn't missed a cut here at TPC Scottsdale. He hasn't had any like super great finishes either, but I'll take it from a guy who's never missed a cut. Alex Noren has great course history here also, excluding, or I'm sorry, including a sixth place here last year. So Alex Noren, another good option. And Aaron Wise, he doesn't really have any course history or recent form to bank on, but I think he just fits the profile of a guy who has the capability of getting hot with the putter and turned in a really good week. Looking further down the board, Kyung Hoon Lee is a guy to look out for. He was runner-up here two years ago when Brooks Kepka won, and he has two career wins at TPC courses. Um, this course seems to be one that he's really comfortable at and plays well at. Have no problem going to Kyung Hoon Lee this week. JT Poston. I mentioned him on the podcast a few weeks ago how he had three straight T21s. Well, uh, his most recent event, he added a sixth-place finish. So in his last four starts, he has a sixth and three T21s. Not bad, and at this event, he has four straight made cuts, all four of which were top forty finishes at this event. And if you're playing a guy on DraftKings at this or FanDuel at this far down the board, a top forty would absolutely be okay with me. So I think JT Poston is definitely a guy you can fit into your lineups this week. Lucas Herbert is a guy who is probably not going to show up on a lot of people's radar unless they're doing a lot of research. So good for you for listening to this podcast and getting this information. Lucas Herbert has two third-place finishes in his last two starts outside the U.S., and I think he kind of has a profile that could be sneaky good here. He's one of the best scramblers around, and so you're looking at a situation where recently he hasn't been having to scramble a whole lot. He's been hitting greens, making putts, finishing well. But if it turns into, you know, a type of event where you're having to scramble and make par, then he's a guy that can do it. And so I think that Lucas Herbert, a lot of upside this week, definitely a guy that if you know how well he's been playing overseas, I think he is actually well worth more than his price tag on DraftKings. I also think Garrick Higo has some sneaky upside. He's playing good golf recently. We've seen him win on the PGA Tour before, and he has a 21st place finish here last year. Um, like Sahet, He's kind of like Sahet the guy with light, if I'm being honest. He's your guy that is either going to boom or bust, and if that's your thing, go for it. I think he has a chance to boom. Now, down below the $7,200 mark on DraftKings is when you really got to start looking for value. These fields are so deep, like really, I I guess this field, and I hope the fields for the rest of the elevated events, but this field is so deep that some of the guys down here, like we're not used to seeing them priced in, the 7k range or the 6k range where you've seen them priced up, you know, in the 8s and 9s or, you know, maybe even the higher 7s. And so, I think that when you look at these guys, you're really going to have to kind of pick guys that are good Td Green players or that have like one aspect that really stands out this week. I would prefer a more balanced approach, like you try to find guys who are good Td Green players. So, a few of those guys to look out for, Davis Thompson, Andrew Putnam, Matthew Neesmith, they've all shown promise in their careers at desert golf courses. Davis Thompson gains a lot of his strokes with the driver, which can still help you out this week. It's, it's how he came in T2 at the American Express a few weeks ago. Andrew Putnam is kind of like we've talked about on the podcast before. He's like Tom Kim Light. He's very accurate, and that always plays well. And then Matthew Neesmith is a great iron player. So at a course where it's not super-duper relevant if you hit the fairway, Give me a good iron player who's going to be able to find himself on the green no matter what he's hitting from with his second shot. Also down in this range, Taylor Moore quietly has two back-to-back top 15 finishes. Now, granted, they're at much weaker fields than this event, but I think that's definitely worth mentioning. He's playing some good golf right now. Hayden Buckley, I feel like, is one of the best tee-to-green players in the 6K range, and so he is a guy I would definitely be interested in employing this week. Uh, Other good TD Green players in this range, Aaron Rye and Steven Yeager, um, they're going to get a little bit of interest from me, um, but I would rather play Buckley than either of the two of them. Now, in the 6K range on DraftKings also, there are two guys that have elite level course history, and that is Nate Lashley and Martin Laird. Nate Lashley, in his last three trips here, a third, a 17th, and a missed cut. Martin Laird has a lot of appearances here because this guy has been around the block, In this event, though, he has three top 10s total and only one missed cut. That's pretty solid, especially from a guy who's in the 6K range on draft kicks. All right, so that does it for the values portion of the podcast here. So let's take a quick breather, and then let's talk some one and done. All right, so with the one and done this week, I do have to give a shout-out before I start to my guy, Zach. You've heard him here on the podcast before. He was the guy doing mock drafts with me back in August for fantasy football season. He actually had the winner in my one-and-done contest this past week. He had Justin Rose at Pebble Beach. Outstanding pick, and he is out to a big lead in my one-and-done contest. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about how this week – is super important for your one and duns. Because of this being an elevated event, if you are one and done, like most of them, operates on prize money, then there's a lot of prize money up for grabs this week. Like, As much, if not more, than some of the majors. And so, it is going to be super vital that you get a guy who not only has the ability to make the cut this week, but has the upside to win the golf tournament. Because if you win, you are getting a big purse for your guy. So, I am actually okay with treating this like a major. Like, truly, every golfer on the board is pickable this week because... It's for some big time money, so naturally, for that reason, I think you'll see a lot of people go with the heavy hitters, Raman McIlroy, um, and then you know the next little group, Scheffler, Finau, Shoffley, Um, and then you know maybe some of the guys in the 9K range on DraftKings or like the 20 to turn one range in the betting markets, like Morikawa or Cantlay or Hideki or Tom Kim, you know somebody like that but I don't think this is the week to pick a sleeper because like I said you want upside you want a guy who can win this golf tournament and you want to you know kind of use this to get yourself in position just because you're in the lead in a one and done this week you get a guy who misses the cut this week and somebody else wins or gets a top 5 you could go from first to not so good very quickly so it is definitely vital that you make you know you, that you have some success with your pick this week now in terms of who I will probably go with looking at what we've got with the majors this year with it being Los Angeles Country Club for the US Open and Oak Hill for the PGA i kind of don't see myself using Scotty Scheffler at a major maybe i'm crazy for thinking that like i you know he's the defending champ at Augusta as well so maybe it could be a good Scotty Scheffler week this week Tony Finau, if I had just ignored the course history, would be a guy that I would go with. The, you know, the missed cuts here are very concerning, but we know that he's playing the best golf of his career. He also has a runner-up finish here, so I, I think Finau would be a good choice as well. Xander Shaufly is another guy that you probably wouldn't want to use at one of the four majors. He does have a great history at the Scottish Open. Um, I definitely think there's some events down the road that you would probably want to use Xander at, maybe the Travelers, which is also an elevated event. So I don't know. I think I think this will be a good week for Xander with his course history, with his, you know, T to green profile. I definitely don't see Xander like, you know, finishing outside the top twenty, top thirty. I think he's a very safe choice. Um like I said, though, I'm probably not looking further bo- further down the board than those guys. I don't think this will be a good week for Justin Thomas. I want to see it before I go with Justin Thomas. Same thing with Patrick Cantlay. I, I think I want to see it from him also before I pick him. Now, I think Kyle Morikawa is an interesting option. You know, he is a California guy, so maybe you want to save him for the U.S. Open, but I-, I don't know. I don't see myself doing that. I think this is a really good spot for Morikawa. Great TD Green player. He's got three top six finishes in his last three starts. If the putter isn't ice cold, Morikawa has the chance to win this golf tournament. And so I think my decision this week is going to come down to Scheffler, Shoffley, or Morikawa. And and I don't know which one of the three I'm going with yet. I'm going to withhold that decision for now. But those are the three guys that I think make the most sense this week. They're, They're three guys that you probably wouldn't play in a major. They're three guys that you know, have good track records at this event and or have good profiles for this event you know, more so than even the other guys in that range. If you want to go all the way up for Rahm or McIlroy, that's fine. But keep in mind, you won't get them for Augusta. You won't get them for the U.S. Open. You wouldn't get John Rahm at the Memorial either. Um, and you wouldn't get him at the British Open. So I just think that those two, I, I'd probably want to save a little bit longer than this. But Scheffler, Schauffele, Morikawa are probably the guys that I'm going to be looking at this week. If you want to go a little further down the board, maybe you want to play super conservative. I like Cam Young. I like Sahith. Um... I think Shane Lowry might actually be really sneaky. Um, But like I said, I don't think this is the week to go super off the board. I think this is the week where use one of your big guns, um, knowing that you still have big guns left. It's early in the season. But you want to get a good number this week. You want to put yourself in position to um, be more conservative down the road by getting a good number in the books this week. All right, so that does it with the one-and-done strategy portion of the podcast. And that does it for the Waste Management 2023 preview. If you want to see who I fill out with my DFS lineups, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Also, please subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. It really helps me out a lot. I really do appreciate it. Like, for real, it, it doesn't go unappreciated. We are growing an audience every week, and I want to keep that train rolling. The more ratings, reviews, subscriptions we get, the more it keeps growing and growing and growing. So um, thank you guys for doing that. And... I hope you guys are able to enjoy the golf this week. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Best of luck in all your endeavors this week, whether it's DFS, outright betting, or one and done. Hopefully I gave you guys plenty of names, plenty of stats, plenty of trends to look out for to help make your picks the best they can be this week. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time.